Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 149. One away from the big one, 150. Uh, we've tried to have sort of a, what would you say, celebratory guests, I guess, quite big guests for the big numbers we've had so far. 25 was Adam Henson. Number 50 was Emma and Ewan. Um, number 100 maybe went downhill when I came on. Um, but th- there's there's always sort of someone, an interesting chat or quite a big person to come on for that. And I have been telling you from uh, the last couple of weeks that there's an Olympian coming on. And uh, that is the case. That's not just to make you listen. Um, Rose Davis competed for Australia at the Tokyo Olympics and is currently in training for 2024. I can't remember what 2024 is. doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, that was quite an interesting guest. And, I, and another person that I'm going to mention quickly, just on the all-in series and the all-in side of things, um, for those of you that like football, I certainly do, uh, we actually have a Champions League winner coming on now. So uh, that's quite exciting too. Uh, it just seems to become a sports podcast over there, in fairness. A lot of good guests coming on. The last episode we had... <clears throat> One before eight was Saba Iram Amir. Um, and Saba's story is she wasn't from farming. She was in India until about 15, 16 years ago, I think it was. I think it was 2007. Um, and she came over here to study biotechnology. Let's see if I can try not to butcher all these fancy things she done. Um, did a master's and a, well, a bachelor's and a master's, I guess, <clears throat> in biotechnology. And then was approached about a PhD in prebiotic impact of gut health and poultry. If I've got the right that right i'm very impressed myself i probably haven't but we've done our best um and that sort of led her into a job once she finished her phd as a, a knowledge transfer consultant no i've definitely got that one wrong but it was something like that for abreast with university where she found herself doing a lot of reading and writing around agriculture just in general and she then sort of developed quite a keen interest in the dairy sector which led her into uh, looking at, and hence why she was on, she was the first of my 23 episodes with Nuffield Scholars um, over the next few months. There'll be a lot of episodes coming, but I'm going to try and get everyone that was in the class that I'm in. Um, And hers is looking at the consideration of whether cow with calf dairying is the future. Now, I openly said I think it's bad for welfare um, taking off at a later date, but we uh, we didn't get into an argument. But I do I do dispute what I think she's looking into. But I look forward to sort of hearing what she's found out. So we're quite interested. Um, but today, <clears throat> today's guest, for those of you in, in farming in Scotland, certainly in young farmers, you'll definitely be aware of this man. Um, he is, uh, well, he's just actually off the... The, the back of, of quite a big win, which we will get into later later on, the, on in the episode. And also a year ago, or maybe more 11 months ago, he had quite an important um, day as well, which we'll also get into because at the point of the release of this episode, what I'm talking about there, Agri Scott will be coming up. Um, but our today's guest is, uh, is Jack Young. Jack, would you like to say hello? Thanks, Wallace. Hello, everybody. Just before we get started with another episode of the R2 cast, I would like to thank our primary sponsors, Howden Rural, formerly known as A-Plan Rural. Howden are heavily involved in the social media scene in the ag space with over 100,000 followers on Instagram. They use this following to host social media takeovers with farmers throughout the country to showcase their stories, as well as posting to their rural community blog with further articles about these people in the sector. On top of this, they like to support initiatives that are championing the British agricultural industry, such as myself. So thank you to Howden Rural for that. Mate, quite looking forward to this episode. There's quite a few questions I have for you about stuff that I'm interested in, but haven't actually been involved. Well, I have been involved in one myself, so I'll give you a laugh about that at some point because it went poorly. Um, the uh, just just for the listeners, um, Jack, just who is Jack Young? Give us a wee bit of background about yourself. So I'm just a, a Daffy farmer son from uh, Clyde Valley, I suppose is the best way to look at it. But no, uh, so. I'm uh, 23 years old, uh, heavily involved in Kirluk uh, Young Farmers uh, as well. Uh, and yeah, I'm a full-time uh, farm farm worker, I suppose, just as what you wouldn't class myself as a farmer yet at home, uh, on our home farm, but uh, working alongside uh, my father and my uncle. Uh, we work pretty closely together. Uh, we've got about 150 suckler cows uh, finishing everything on farm and selling just about all of it now through our on-site farm shop and a butchery licensed cutting plant as well. Uh, and whatever's not sold there is put through as a special on, the, on our coffee shop. We sold a coffee shop as well, uh, seating 
about uh, 120 people. Uh, and that's my mother and my auntie that can run that. Uh, so that <clears throat> we, I, we're, we're, myself and my cousin, although he's away to New Zealand just now for a couple of months, uh, we work pretty close together on farm. So i obviously aware of, of the coffee shop and shop and uh, was going to get into that, but are you saying that none of the beef produced is sold off of the farm? Also- uh, there was we're getting closer to it. We're getting wow. closer to it. During COVID, we were I, I hate to say it, but we're actually having to buy store cattle or, or, or neat long uh, short keep stores just to to put on with the demand sort of thing. Uh, before before uh, before COVID was a real boost sort of thing. People everybody wanted to shop at home, shop local sort of thing. When so, then the supermarkets probably didn't should have been checked more. They were a wee bit checked then sort of thing. But uh, no, it was good to us, and then we probably. Went up about fifty percent uh, custom uh, through our shop, but we're probably back down. We're about one hundred and twenty percent of what we were uh, before uh, COVID uh, hit. So no, it was really, really good, and I think it did do food security a wee bit of a. It didn't possibly could have been better, but it did. Yeah. It did shock folk a wee bit of into where where food actually does come from. It's not just never never ending shelves in the supermarkets. I think it was quite handy and <laughs> say COVID's handy feels wrong, but you bring <laughs> a lot of folk on here and you sort of a lot of businesses. I mean, this podcast came during COVID and a lot of different social media accounts began and things like yourselves really sort of maybe not began but flourished. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was I think it slow, slowed life down uh, a bit and people maybe just took a look at what the correct things in life are, sort of thing. But we're maybe going away from that again as, as time moves on. but I think that's true, yeah. I th- I mean, if you ask me now, would you ever go to a coffee shop? I don't think the answer is ever yes. Because <laughs> I wouldn't, I, it's not a dot of time, it just doesn't think of something that I'm doing. But yeah. during COVID, sorry, if you asked me that three years ago, I mean, that would be my answer. During yeah. COVID, it made me go a bit. And then now, I go here and there. It's, uh, yes. yeah, it was, it was an interesting old time. And I think people started to realise well, first off, farmers and meat aren't all bad. <laughs> you know, we've got people producing a lot of food in this country and because planes now aren't flying, we can't get avocados over and stuff. That's not actually a major issue. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing I find, uh, that's one thing that really annoys me is is, is people's knowledge and seasonality. Uh, yeah. Having having the farm shop at home and they're, they're looking for like, uh, like strawberries at Christmas time is the best example. Dad talks about strawberries. Like you used to get strawberries. Strawberries for Wimbledon was when you, it was a, it was a, a treat to have strawberries at Wimbledon sort of thing. And people just eat strawberries all year. It's, it's kind of ruined the full cycle of things a wee bit. Uh, just, sorry, on you go, Jack. Sorry. Just how just how uh, how different people are just trying to stretch the season and want everything all year round. Basically, is my kind of point on that one. So but strawberries in December are rubbish. And they are rubbish. You're right. You're 100. percent They're more like turnips. Aye, aye, we turnips. Yeah, Russell yeah. Sprout version of turnips. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, the seasonality thing's wild. We used to have a farm shop, not not sort of the size you have, but um, mum was supplying sort of the local village and a few others nearby. And yeah, you get some, you get some wacky questions. And you, now you've mentioned Wimbledon, I feel like I have to bring up the one thing I bring up at every chance I get, and it's my favourite thing ever. Where it would, must have been around the time when Andy Murray was either winning or near winning Wimbledon. I've, do you know what I'm going to say here? No, <laughs> I'm intrigued. Absolute belter, mate. You should use it. You should use it when you're selling strawberries in Wimbledon time next year. Um, there's this thing where it's like asking loads of different uh, players how they have their strawberries. And most people are like with cream, uh, and Nadal says with sugar and like with cream, with ice cream, whatever. And Andy Murray just goes, uh, with my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. There's pl- there's plenty. You have to capitalize on it. Have to. <laughs> um, so how did how did it, it obviously started as a farm? How, how did it come to be a coffee shop, a shop, and also well, also the butcher side as well? How did that all come to be? So I'm uh, myself and my cousin Thomas are uh, third generation uh, such. So it was, it was before our time. Uh, we're pushing thirty years ago now. Uh, I maybe even longer that we we all, we've always grown uh, potatoes and sat. We're very lucky where we are uh, in the Clyde Valley. It's pretty good land down by the River Clyde. Uh, we grew a lot of 
uh, lettuce, flat lettuce, things like that by the by the Arctic load sort of thing in the days and uh, still grow potatoes to this day and Clyde Valley tomatoes were a big thing as well. So we had all this produce there anyway uh, and it was the late 70s, 80s uh, and I think what we started kind of selling it just from the back door of the house, I think, was about, and then as time moved on, it was like there was somebody chat at the door at lunchtime and everybody was sitting eating their lunch and it was like an argument who was having to go and go and like serve the customer as such sort of thing. So that then moved on to having a, a shopkeeper. Uh, we, I think there was a kind of buyer converted at that point sort of thing. Uh, and things just, again, move on. You need more space all the time. And now we're in a... It was a still, an old, an old, still an existing building. It would be like a kind of pack shed at one, one stage. Uh, and that's where the heart of the shop is now. Uh, as long in in twenty sixteen, we built a, a one hundred twenty seated a coffee shop, which is a self standing building as well. So now it's it's just progressed. It's it's like anything. You think you always need more space than you and think you need initially, sort of thing. And now during COVID, we were very fortunate. Just another wee string to the business. We ended up. Uh, high, we always high every year. We've got a point to point races uh, on farm, which right. is like, it's like horse racing, amateur horse racing. Quite a big thing about 5,000 people come to the farm for one day. It's quite a big social event. Uh, and it's basically like we had these marquees for hospitality that we hired. The guy before COVID, uh, he was retiring. So we got the opportunity to buy these marquees, and it just as if like things are meant to happen. So these we had these marquees. The point to point was cancelled because of COVID. It was just in March time as it happened, but we still had these marquees. So we basically opened up, like people were wanting more space to go to the shopping, a bit more of like like air out. It was like outdoor shopping as such sort of thing, and just that happened to work for us. So that was massive. So trying to get that space back now, uh, in terms of. You've had all this free space, but it's only really temporary as such. We're now trying to uh, just see how we're developing and, and how the future of the shop is. So it's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. You, you find that happening, don't you? Like you, you get the opportunity of more space and it, you're like, should I do this? Should I? I feel like I'll never use this space. And then you get used to it. And then if that's taken away from you. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, like, where did it go? Oh, how did we manage out this? Um, 100%, 100%. So that's just what it's like. But no, the farm shop is still pretty. We're not down the kind of gourmet retail of like our, our clothing or anything like that. We're pretty basics of of farming, local farming sort of thing. Uh, my uncle, he's got a wee side hobby of uh, honeybees. So it's, we'll get our own honey, our own, it's all our own butcher meat, uh, local lamb, local pork, uh, our own potatoes, our own tomatoes, our own eggs. We'll get uh, 300 laying hens as well, just for our own eggs. And no, it's all, look, oh, there's stuff that comes from a distance. I'm not denying that at all, but it's it's more, it's traditional stuff rather as fancy, high-end kind of stuff we're, we're selling through the shop. I like that because it's quite often the natural progression of farm shops. They sort of, oh, we've got some custom and then suddenly, woof. <laughs> the price yeah. flies up and yeah the quality is nice and it's fancy or whatever but it, it it sort of prices out 90 percent of folk um you know like i guess clarkson's farm shops one don't know if he's just purely bagging on the fact that he's clarkson i'm not i'm quite oh. a fan of the guy but um or that one what's it called is it tb services it's the fancy yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's 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 a great example of that sort of thing like 50 quid for a biscuit it's <laughs> <laughs> nuts man um yeah, it's, it's, I like to hear that, actually. I like to hear that. And like you sort of defended the fact that you're like, oh, some comes from far away. It doesn't matter that some comes from far away. Like, no. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter at all. Um, if you're supporting a lot of local stuff, that's great. It doesn't, there's no reason. I think people like to jump on that. Oh, uh, oh, they've got something from Cornwall. They've got something from Spain. Who cares? Yeah. If you're promoting a lot of local, then I think that's yeah. pretty good going. So, so, so the kind of selling point on the beef is that it's all reared on farm, finished on farm, it's all actually, we don't buy any concentrate feeding at all, so they're a wee bit slower growing type, quite native type cattle we work, uh, kind of Angus's and Herefords, uh, and it's like more, like, just trying to maybe go back, back in time a wee bit as far as, like, uh, producing this beef that's only going three miles to Wishaw Abattoir to be butchered, uh, to be uh, 
to be slaughtered, sorry, and then coming back and to be and butchered on site as well. So the furthest mm-hmm. these carcasses are ever travelling is to wish it abattoir and back as far as, as... And that's kind of what we pride ourselves on. I would just like to quickly interrupt the show for a minute to give you some extra information about our primary sponsors, Howden Rural, the new name for A-Plan Rural. Howden Rural provide bespoke insurance cover for farms and estates. This could be for anything from tractors and machinery to a new exciting diversification venture. Be sure to check out Howden Rural today. It's a pretty good story when the beef you're eating's travelled further as a live animal than it has as a dead animal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, quite a good story that in itself. Uh, aye, on its feet, not... <laughs> 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 word, yeah, um, when did the, the butchery side come in, Jack? Sorry, you might have mentioned... So, so the butchery would be coming with Grandpa rented a shop in Kerluk to start with, a butcher shop. I think I think he got a bad trade for a bullock once and said this this will not be we'll need to, we'll need to, it was a it was always it was always a dreamer sort of thing, Grandpa. It, it, it always never really he would always just do it sort of thing. He would never he would never think twice about doing it. Just he would just charge in and do it and what about the consequences later. So I think I couldn't tell you dates exactly, but still before my time to the butcher shop, it didn't really work. So it, it was a lot of Traveling and a hassle sort of thing. So they brought uh, set up a got a licensed cutting plant on site in the in the bit of the uh, pack house as such next to the shop, uh, and worked out of there. Was one man a one man band to start with. We're now up to three three butchers and three packing assistants and cooks as such sort of thing as well. Working and it's not a massive area they're working out of sort of thing. So they're probably killing somewhere in the region of a hundred and. 10, 120 cattle of our own uh, through there per year and we're doing quite a lot of home kills for local farmers as well. Like a lot of local farmers put their cattle into the abattoir, we lift it, process it, cut it up, freeze it and then they put it back in their chest freezers. Works quite well in this area as well for that, but a lot of people doing that. I was, I was, that was going to be my next question, if it was purely your own stuff that you were working with or you were bringing in others, yeah. Yeah, so that's that. And, and lambs, we, the book's actually shut for that since about the start of October, just because we're purely focused on Christmas uh, stuff now, uh, and then it'll, it'll open up again in January. We'll take we'll take bookings for that. Well, the people that are bringing their own, I guess, carcasses at that stage, is that to sell on, or is that purely just into their own freezer? There is a couple of people sell on. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of people who will put them in the freezer and just use away to themselves. And, and there's actually one guy gets it done this time of year, or he's one of the last ones before we stop taking orders and like it's his like gratuity as such to his his workers like oh, right. like rib roasts and things like that uh so no there's there's various different ways but no we, we can label we can price it and label it according to whatever the the supplier wants sort of thing whatever the farmer wants if they want to sell on as well yeah that guy sounds like a good person to work for uh... <laughs> Um, I'm saying what he pays. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, just paid, paid in chops. Um, <laughs> what is? How many folk? You might not know the exact number to this, but how many folk work at Overton? There must be quite so, a few. So I will not know the exact number. So there's, so Mum and Man, Maggie probably employ around thirty full time and and uh, part time staff in the coffee shop herself throughout the week. But they're also doing a lot of prep work for the shop and things like that as well. So it's not just the coffee shop. There's three full-time butchers, three full-time packing assistants, cooks, and two part-time in there. And there'll be three full-time and a couple of weekend staff in the shops serving customers. And then a couple of folk uh, out the back behind the scenes as well. Down at the, at the, we're very lucky that the farm shop is situated about 200 yards away from the actual farm. So it's, it's a short enough distance that... You can walk and get a bottle of juice when you want, or <laughs> but it's not, it's not, there's not people polluting the farm sort of thing as such. Uh, and then on farm, there's myself, uh, dad, uncle John, and Thomas as well. When they they probably took more to do with the farm shop side of it and the and the retailing side of it, and, and dad and I are probably more farming, but MD can do anything if if you. If you're here for a day, there's not two days that you're doing the same thing uh, working here. That's no, that's sure. class. And the, 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 here, the, the wee bit of separation is good. Yeah, most, most, most times. <laughs> just like yourself are like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or if they're not, they're like, everyone's always just in the feed passage. Or uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's exactly, it's a good, it's about, there's a good boundary line there. Yeah. So it's, 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 
away uh, away from the farm itself, um, Jack, you're quite involved in young farmers, and you'd mentioned off camera you'd listened to David Mitchell's episode, which was a few episodes ago, and I managed to get in there. I'd said to David, "Is it Kerluk you're with?" Knowing fine well it wasn't. I was going to do the same with you, a bigger, but you've beat me to it. So, um, yeah, tell us about young farmers. I always like to ask folk that are young farmers as someone that joined. YF at 25 um, were you one of the ones that was there at 13 and a half waiting to get to your first event or did you wait a wee bit uh, I, I wouldn't say I was there at 13 and a half waiting to my first event what I would say was I was uh, there when I was I, as soon as I got there I was hooked anyway sort of thing I right. remember being young I don't know what age you would be but I remember being young and watching my older sister in concert sort of thing and that that didn't strike me as what I wanted to be I thought the young farmers were stupid at that point sort of thing I, <laughs> I'm looking at that going why would they want to make a fool of their sale in such a way uh, like that but no I was hooked along a couple of club meetings a couple of new members nights when I was maybe I'd probably be 15 by the time I started young farmers and nah, it was it's just it's got kind of it's an organisation that just draws you in. So it does it. Somebody all somebody has to say, do you want to come at this at the weekend? And if you've got nothing on, you're there, sort of thing. Like uh, no, it really has been a massive part of my social life. And it's uh, no, it's just just it's just uh, a massive part, a massive part. Of it. It's a. Uh, it's funny. You probably spoke to the wrong person about who would want to stand up in front of a load of folk and make a fool of himself, giving them a career out of it. But um, it's a. Uh, that's the part that appeals to me hugely. Nowadays, I possibly I can see why the that's such a big thing. Concert, uh, concert weekend, talent sport, and things like that. It's. Are you involved? Are you involved? to take it in your concert. Yeah. So uh, as chairman this year, I better uh, in concert the talent sport. It's still up for debate. It's actually the same day as the Lanarkshire's the 23rd of March this year, which is the same day as the point to point that I spoke about earlier. Uh, thing. So I don't know where my brain's buttered yet on that one, but uh, I'm, no, I'm sure it'll be there. I'm sure it'll be there. Well, I've I've got a bit of a, um, uh, what's the word, a pride engagement that might cause some issues as well. In the background of your, no one listening can see this, but in the background there's a map there and I can see Brazil and I'm hopefully in Brazil about the week for the fortnight before the Glasgow side of talent spot, like the yeah. West side, so uh, yeah. I don't know, it might cause some bother that. But uh, yeah, I, I actually much prefer concert to talent spot. Slightly less pressure. Well, it's slightly less pressure. You go to concert with a bit of crack. Talent spot <laughs> is like a soldier. <laughs> um, probably shouldn't say that as our club's concert and talent spot convener or one of along with Ellen. But uh, <laughs> the concert's great crack. But uh, yeah, the, the first time, the first time I think. I was involved, not involved with you, Jack, but competing with you, I guess, uh, in Young Farmers was speech making. I think that was the first time yeah. uh, we were doing the same thing. And you did social media, didn't you? Was it yeah, 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 yeah. It was a bit, possibly not my, more your forte than mine, but... Uh, I was no. a bit jealous, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, tell us, I always like asking folk about speech making because... When I had Grant Barr on, don't know if you know Grant. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, speaks in front of people all the time. Yeah, as do I. We both hated it, like hated it. But um, everyone else you speak to loves loves it. What What's your? Are you good? Bad? What's side, what side I fall on? Uh, yeah. I, I never speech made. Uh, never speech made. Speech made. I don't know done how you say done, that actually. Made done, speech, done. I can't be right. Uh, <laughs> done speech making as a junior uh, member. Which I always think if you do it as a junior, you just grow into it and become a senior at it. So I only actually done it that when you see me that day was only my second time doing it. I'd done it at Lanarkshire and then that was me competing at West as well, sort of thing. And I can't say I enjoyed it, but I'm doing it again. We've actually got a speech wing practice later on tonight, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and I I'm doing it again anyway. So I I think I think I do like it. But this year, I don't know how you do it yourself this year, Wallace. It's no, I'm not actually. It's slightly different and it's more of a, a debate. Yeah. Uh, this the kind of setup rather than being a proposer and a, a speaker, it's just kind of two panelists. It's more like a debate and a chair rather as is uh, anything else. So I think it suits it's a bit a bit more a bit more free reign, I would say, this year. I, I would probably prefer that. And I have yeah, I think you would. This. I think you yeah. definitely would. I think just with Nuffield and stuff, I decided to not. But um, the reason I struggled with it was, and Grant and I spoke about this, you know, you spend your life speaking, in, in my 
line of work lecturing whatever in Grant's comedy, trying to be entertaining. Whereas I felt with speech making, you weren't able to be. You just had to stand, you know, to speak correctly. Um, yeah. I've really struggled with the sort of restrictiveness of it. But uh, yeah, what else have you done in, in Young Farmers, Jack? And we'll come on to what happened at the weekend as well. What else have you done in your probably the best part of what, six or seven years now, I guess? Yeah, so there's not really much that I've probably never given a go to sort of thing. Like I always kind of work off the, if you do it once, and you're holding somebody else back by being bad at it, sort of thing. Just don't bother again, sort of thing. But <laughs> yeah. no, there's, there's most things I've, I've tried. Uh, during COVID, I think it was, it must have been during COVID because it was the uh, Lanarkshire Country Cook is such that this thing. And I always, that's one thing I got a, a slagging for wrong was because it was a digital entry. It was just a picture and a description of what you made. So I, I of course, made something and won it. And everybody was like, oh, your mum made that, your mum made that sort of thing. So it came to West and it was just as working out of our, one of the lockdowns sort of thing. Uh, and it was actually in person at that point. And I managed to prove myself, myself and Barry Hall, my partner at the time there, we we won the country cook, uh, the West country cook. So that was that was a, that was a privileged point that I could prove that it was actually me that had a bit of input in it there. But uh, no, it was, it was, no, I take part in anything. Tug of War is probably... The highlight is uh, David. Uh, I was listening to David this morning. He was saying that Stock Judge and the Highland Show is his, his thing. I would say Tug of War is probably my thing at the Highland Show. It's it's if, if you can if you're good at both and can do both really well, you're a pretty you're pretty rare. I would say. Yeah. I don't actually. It's interesting. No offense, ever won both the Stockman year and the Highland Show Tug of War on the same day. So how does? <laughs> as someone that can't do it either, um, <laughs> maybe I'm quite <laughs> rare as well. But uh, yeah, how? I basically you listened to the one with David. I basically went through how does that work because I'm quite interested. Yeah. In it. And how does the tug of war work? Is there like regional qualifiers and then you work up to Highland? How does that go? Yeah, so it's basically basically like regional qualifiers. So you get your Lanarkshire tug of war. We're always we always tug of war training is usually starting around the end of March sort of thing is when we're starting tug of war training is kind of look and it's always like. If you get kicked out of talent spot at Lanarkshire, you've got more time to practice. Tug of your Sunday nights just move on to tug of war training sort of thing. Uh, and then if you get through West, you've obviously got a couple of weeks there that you don't you don't get tug of war training. But basically, as soon as the late nights start coming in, you're training tug of war. We train twice a week. Uh, we've got like a kind of weight set up and things. We train pretty hard. It's, it's there's a lot of technique involved in it, rather. You don't need to be the fittest physical guys ever, sort of thing. It's it's, it's quite a quite a rough and ready sport, I would say. Uh, but no, go to Lanarkshire. Uh, you try and qualify at Lanarkshire to get through to West, obviously. It's, it does a couple of shows. It rotates around three shows every third year. Uh, and then you move on to, if you get through the West area, of course, you end up at the Highland Show uh, in National. So it's kind of worked that one year's like a weighted year as such. Yeah, explain like, this because I don't understand this part. So, so you've got your six pullers on your team uh, and they need to be in a weighted year six people would need to be under 500 kilos like so a combined weight of 500 kilos and in a non-weighted year it's like a free-for-all like there can be big heavy teams or, or like this. in a non-weighted year you want to be a heavy you want to be a such a thing natural uh, you're naturally better as a heavy team as such does it take but, one year about is that how it works yeah it takes one year about so we uh, Kaluk has won it twice I've won it twice in my time uh, and it's both been weighted years as such we're quite we feel like I don't know the stereotype is like big guys for the north come down and non weighted years big guys for the north come down and like but I don't even think that's true but the Vikings come down <laughs> <laughs> so so no at the Highland Show it's like in the beef rings uh, over at the by the cattle hall there a Saturday afternoon usually about three four o'clock ish sort of thing uh, it's just basically either it's like two round drop, two leagues sort of things. Uh, and the, the girls are also, it's like four leagues actually. So there's two girls leagues, two boys leagues as such. Uh, and you're just competing in a semi-final, in a final. And at to, to, we've won it twice and twice I can't remember. Like it's a weird thing. Like the, like the blood, it's like the most adrenaline sport I think I've ever played sort of thing because you just do what you know what to do. You just, it's hard to explain. It's very hard to explain. So it's a, <laughs> and like having not been involved in young farmers, it was really cool this year. Obviously, with the comms and marketing sort of hat on, I guess yeah. trying to get involved as much as I could, and seeing the emotion that was involved in the stocks 
stocksmanship competition and the tug of war is it's fantastic like it's class um it's really cool in fairness i've said a few times i feel like i'm not really competitive but um i would quite like to i tried tug of war this year but my knee just wasn't cut out i've got no cartilage in my left knee yeah which is a wee bit tricky eh, i must say but um (laughs) fair play do you think you've got a third in you this year uh i would so we're back to uh, weighted this year again sort of thing so Liz Mahega won last year and they were actually uh, although it was an unweighted year they were still under 500 kilos as a team as such sort of thing so that's quite an anomaly that sort of thing uh, but no I, I would hope that we would it's about like as David was saying you don't you can't win the stock you can't defend your title sort of thing yeah. so like in this half your team can't defend your title if that makes sense so you can't have the same half of a team that won so you've got three, you've got three, three out of such, but time's moved on enough that we'll have three new people in that haven't won it before and no bother, I would I would hope. Haven't won it before at all or haven't won last year? They haven't won last year, but right. uh, that doesn't matter for us this year, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah as such. Oh, that's class. Ah, uh, here, good luck, good luck. and hope it goes all good. And, and don't be throwing talent spots so you can get two more practices. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the excuse anyway. Aye, that's it, that's it. No, no, yeah. <laughs> Um, and maybe this is wrong to assume, but I assume one it maybe as 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 the tug of war fan you are that the national two national wins is the biggest thing, and rightly so. Uh, but you certainly had a big weekend last weekend, pretty successful weekend. Do you want to tell us about that? Uh, oh no, tug, uh, two national wins at tug of war definitely takes. Uh, apart from apart from, uh, uh, I no two two national tug of wars definitely definitely beats that. But no, uh, last on Saturday night there it was in fact uh, it was. I privileged enough to be crowned uh, La- uh, no West Area Mister Young Farmer, uh, which I I'm not sure if it is probably not. So so in the West Area there's uh, Mister Miss Young Farmer, and then you've also got like Member of the Year, which goes to national level sort of thing. So I don't think it's as it's definitely not as highfalutin as as Member of the Year, but it's it's nearly there. It's nearly I think there. you're putting it down quite a lot. <laughs> um, so. Obviously, along with Miss Young Farmer from not far from myself and, and Abby. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to you both and everyone else that was there. Uh, but could you tell us what, what's involved in that process, Jack? So you obviously, you, you do it at regional level and then you go to, sorry, district level and go to regional. Um, but what, what makes you win Mr. Young Farmer of the Year? What do you have to do? So I think it's quite, uh, there's, there's, there's the discussion then whether it's sim- too similar to Member of the Year or not. Sort of thing. So Member of the Year is just like the person that's, competed most and done most for young farmers within that calendar year as such sort of thing. And then the Mr. and Mrs. is a bit more lighthearted, I would say. It's quite like personality driven and like like because there's a lot of things that like uh I'm trying to think like Atlantic they asked like what what the most interesting thing you know is and like things like it's like it's like more on the spot sort of thing. There's not a definite answer to a lot of the questions. More Can you remember what your answer to that was? Uh I wasn't very interesting at all. <laughs> I'll give you a good one. I really like this. Um, Egyptian geese won't fly over water, so they'll go like so. When they fly up and they come to the UK, they'll go up over Arabia, over continental Europe, and then they have to jump the channel. Right, I think it's great fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, whether, that, whether, that, whether that's true or not, it sounds like it's, no. It's, it's actually true. I it sounds, just con- it sounds convincing. <laughs> Uh, no, so no, it's more like it's more. I don't know. I don't like to say judging your personality because that's maybe not fair. But it's more judging your kind of presence and things in the interview and, and things like that. It's judging rather as the the answer that you present. There's no right or wrong answer of what you present as such. Uh, yeah, it's quick. Is, am I right in saying Mister and Mrs. More sort of obviously you're saying sort of personality based and whatnot, but also more your contribution to like club. And that sort of level, whereas your your members more just you as a person. Yeah, that's that's yeah. probably fair saying that as well. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. No, it's cool. It was class watching the live. I, I did want to be there, but I was uh well, I don't actually know if I've said this on the podcast because I don't think I've been able to yet. I was just back from Ukraine. Uh yeah, so that was um I didn't know when I was gonna get back. So I got back sort of midday and Saturday and I was just knackered. But uh, so was that the pickup thing I see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really cool, actually. I quite like to maybe try to do a post post Ukraine podcast and talk about what happened because it was a uh, quite an experience. I didn't expect to be in Ukraine at the minute. Yeah. Um. 
Maybe next will be Gaza. Uh, <laughs> shouldn't say that sort of thing. That that seems quite offensive. Uh, yeah, so quite a successful week for you, um, Jack, and actually quite quite happy with maybe because we're supposed to film a couple of weeks ago, weren't we? Where yes. Yeah, and uh, uh, that's obviously happened, so that's quite nice to have spoken about. But the original reason I'd actually got in touch was. Um, to speak about something that's coming up and I agree Scott because speaking about you winning things seems to be the, the theme of, of today's <laughs> podcast Jack was uh, you had a pretty successful year last year at Agri Scott and I'll, I'll give I said earlier I would embarrass myself because I was involved and I did do that when I was a student back in the day so I'd have been what 17, 18 uh, right. no probably 19 something like and um, oh, so embarrassing I hate telling this story <laughs> oh the the guy was trying to, I basically, I realised I was doing terrible. And the guy had sort of asked something along the lines of, what's the most important product produced by lamb? Aiming at the sort of midwife, not the midwife, wrong thing, housewife buys <laughs> lamb chop, right? And he said that, I just wasn't getting it. And then he said, uh, right, so quite commonly, the lamb chop's what you're after because it's the affordable part, all this sort of thing. Um, do you know what that comes from? When I said a cow... <laughs> I was just like speaking about earlier, like how you interview. I would like to think now I'm pretty decent in that environment, but yeah. Jesus Christ, something overcame me that day. Yeah. And I just remember saying that, and these three people in the pickup just looked down on me. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> this is not went well. So tell us a bit about what I'm talking about, Jack, and what you were much more successful in last year. <laughs> <laughs> so the the Agriscope, uh, it's gonna like a business skills competitions is how it's branded, and it's like basically just trying to get young people. I don't actually know what the top, it was 18 to, I want to say 25. I think it's that, yeah. Yeah, and it's like quite a, it's probably it's quite laid back to a point. There is quite intense bits in it, but like you submit an initial CV as such of what you do and answer, they usually give you a kind of topical question about farming of somewhere or another. You enter it uh, into the organiser and then they obviously whittle it down so that there's not an oversubscription. Uh, and then I went to a on-farm visit uh, in the borders, which was I think it was like a, a kind of north one and a south one was how how it worked the year I done it anyway. Uh, went to it and it was like a couple of mentors there, a couple of judges, and they just like kind of you walked about the. It was very I thought it, I found it like back whether other people maybe found it a bit more intense, but like they like just asked you farming questions about things that they saw in front of them sort of thing and. I think that's how my brain works. That if you see something, you can I can answer the question rather than it be written in a bit of paper and, and even hard to answer as such. But no, so got through that as well, and that was then whittled down to the last three competitors, which went to Agriscot uh, on the Tuesday, the Tuesday night before Agriscot. Uh, we went in there, and we basically got given. So Agriscot's got this other competition that's like product innovation. Uh, it's like so it's like new products to the market uh, as such that are like. Basically, like new bits of technology, new things that are that are up and coming in farming, and we got given one of these products as such to judge uh, or to to take as much information in as possible on the night before to then turn it around and present to the panel of judges the next morning on, on what we thought it was good for and how it would help cow efficiency. So it was like a automated feed kitchen as such was what we got presented. Uh, and yeah, I remember going home, and like I do, I'm very competitive when I come to things like this. Like, there's, there's no doubt about it. Like, <laughs> always trying to pull out a wee bit of an extra stop and thinking of ways of doing it. So, we were, I was through in Edinburgh, like away from like probably an hour away from home as such. Uh, but I'd kind of pre planned that this was what I was going to do in my head, and basically took a, took a laptop and printer with me uh, and, and printed out like almost like fact sheets sort of thing. And I think that's probably what gave me a wee bit of an upper hand as such that uh, it, it worked for me in a way. And, and I remember sitting in the hotel and but during, after, so we get presented this thing at like on the Tuesday afternoon at three, four o'clock say, and then we get taken out for dinner. And think, there was perks with it as well, like we're taking out for dinner and that, but like all this time I'm thinking, geez, I should be writing a report here. Like, <laughs> I was for this, not wrote anything yet. So I remember getting up early the next morning to write down what I was wanting and print that out. And and no, my interview time was at maybe half nine or something and went in went in after it. And that was I seemed to impress them to a point. I don't know, it was 
a fluke or what it was, but no, they, they certainly, ah, it was good. It was good. And after winning that, uh, you go to the awards, Sir Oak, and they done it about two o'clock in the afternoon, I think. It was after the dairy judging has passed anyway, or three o'clock, maybe it was later than that. And get awarded that and the £1,000 prize money that comes with it. So that was tremendous, uh, to say the least. I'm sure you're uh, playing yourself down that it wasn't whatever they saw in you, but uh, that you, <laughs> you think different to me. See, like, see in those environments, I've been in the situation a few times, that sort of thing. You go out for dinner and, like, there's probably something important the next day. I don't think about it until I get there, ever. No, I just, I, I, I like to think I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it. No. Nah. <laughs> in my head, I'm not going to do it. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, fair play to you. I kind of wish I was a bit more like that, in fairness. I'm a bit more... I used to think it was cool and clever to sort of be in the moment and be spontaneous with stuff, but I should really yeah. try and change it and it's not working. I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2Cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Nah, um, that, that's that's a good way of looking to to be fair. If you if you can come up with stuff quick off the top of your head, you're halfway there. You're halfway it's there. a it's what works for each person, and every every yeah. person's different. That yeah. sort of thing. Um, but I mean, with with Agri Scott, you're kind of the poster boy now, Jack. Um, <laughs> I don't know about like that uh, phrase or not. But... You definitely are. You definitely, every time I've seen something about Agri Scott, you're there chatting these days. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, they are rightly so, and it'll be quite interesting to see who who um, who wins it this year because this will be coming out just about pretty much a few days before, from what I understand. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, I'll, I'll look forward to going and, and taking it all in with no pressure on this year. Do you have a role this year? Do you like pass on or anything? how's that work? Uh, no, I'm not in that. I'm actually judging the product innovation uh, right. on the Tuesday night sort of thing before it. But uh, no, apart from. I don't think of any have any duties to carry out. Don't think those, those feed kitchens are the coolest thing I've ever seen. Oh, tremendous! Yeah. I, I actually still read my report sometimes. See if I'm just like in the house in the night and I'm on the computer and I sometimes clicking on it just to read all yeah. the facts of it because it was amazing what output and things it had. And I think my my return of it was a positive return. I don't know whether any other competitors returned it as a it wasn't going to fit in a farming situation, but no, I thought it was. A great thing. I think maybe power and usage was the biggest flaw, like the electricity it, it utilised. But uh, no, it was it really is pretty cool. There's a Lely version, isn't there? Yeah, yep, yep. Is it called Lely Kitchen? Or am I amazed? Yeah, uh, I think so. All the Lely things have all been kind of different. Aye, astronaut. You know, yeah, astronaut and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, is it Kitchen? Uh, I can't remember. Is it but, kitchen? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I remember seeing it. I don't know if you know, you probably know Jennifer Veach. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So their VTech at Strandhead Farm, they've got. It was the first one I ever saw when I was a student. I remember just watching it, thinking, "My God!" Like if, yeah. it would, yeah. if it if it caught a bit and it dropped more than it meant, it went back and picked it up again. I was so impressed, so yeah. impressed. Um, really cool. Um, now here, Jack's been good to chat. It's always good to have a bit of a chat with some. I always quite like having a chat with someone I know a wee bit. Because I'm like, oh, find out more about them. Yeah, exactly. It's just I'm just a nosy old bastard. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's quite good crack, and you've obviously you've done pretty well in, in quite a lot of different avenues in life. Whether it's homework or not, homework isn't doing your homework. Your work at home, at home. Uh, yeah, young farmers and, and things outside that as well. But uh, there's the before we before we finish and let you go to your speech making. Um, there's two things we ask everyone, and the first one I absolutely hate. I think it's a horrible question. I hate getting asked it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, is a uh, where do you see yourself in five years? And the second one is if you had any tips for folk coming into farming, what would they be? Oh, geez. Uh, I should probably line myself up for these and thought I'll answer for these, but no. <laughs> in five years, I don't know. Uh, when I was a wee boy, I always used to think like. You just you become a farmer and then you get bigger and bigger. Like you just earn money and work hard and become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But I've completely lost that. I think growth is like you need to be growing all the time, sort of thing. Like a business at home, personally as well, sort of thing. But I think uh, you don't need to come bigger at such, but come better as a massive growth as well. So now at home, we're probably investing and becoming better as our as our five year uh, goal on that one sort of thing, and. How people get into farming? 
I think talking is uh, is very very. I'm very very privileged that I had a farm at home to come back to sort of thing. Like I think I always try and re- re- make that relative to the situation and, and ground myself again, keep that in my head sort of thing uh, of reminding myself of that. But people that understand land's very hard to get. But I think talking to people gets you a lot of places. Like there's a lot of people nowadays. I'm maybe stereotyping too much, but like just are doom swiping on their phone sort of thing rather as like like there's a lot of time wasted doing that like I, th- I always think getting a job like at the market or like uh, I'm not sure like in like agricultural shops and things like that that I've got a custom of people coming in all the time speaking to them you ne- you never know when somebody go you happen to bump into a conversation that goes oh I'm actually downsized now but I've got some ground here or there or I'm needing a wee bit of help out in the farm sort of thing like if there's an opportunity arises and you fancy it, give it a bone and go. Like, don't don't be fear of anything. Like, you're not you're not on the earth that long a time, so give everything a go. It's a good point that because I, mean, I think I'm terrible. I'm actually really bad for this. I'm 26, and consistently I'll think, oh my god, I've I've wasted a day. Like, I'm gonna ruin my life. <laughs> I'm almost like too far the other way, and. Uh, and I'm very much like you, Jack, as well. Like I've got a farm sitting there if I want it. Like it's a, I I don't have the easy thing to that, and it's why this podcast originally started. But um, I was going to ask you one thing on the the five year thing. Uh, it's to- Thomas is in New Zealand, isn't he? So Thomas is in New Zealand for he's just away like a fortnight ago. There, I less than that maybe, and he's there till February March time. Hopefully, uh, I'm actually. I'm missing him already. Just about as far as doing work and yeah, I know you notice it. Like I think that's. People are asking me, like, are asking, like, are you getting somebody to replace him for like six months? He's away, sort of thing. But the kind of things Thomas and I do, he possibly couldn't get somebody. Like, like, like Thomas will be like one minute. It could be he does quite a bit of the butcher as well, uh, a wee bit. So, like, it could be making sausages one minute. It could be, I don't know. Like, we could be potatoes. What? Like, it just. It just like gets flung at whatever whatever needs done sort of thing. Flings itself. And it would take you six months to get someone to that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, then, but then, yeah. then we're overstaffed. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> the reason uh, the reason I mentioned that is do you see yourself doing anything like that, like Thomas is doing? Uh, so I've actually I've been to New Zealand myself. I moved my start at the start. I probably should have said that. Uh it was just before COVID. I was very fortunate. We came back like the February of, oh, right, yeah. of COVID sort of thing. And like uh we were only out a couple of my pals were out for six months, like the same, the, the classic go out working with contractors sort of thing whereas we had quite a lot happening at home at the time and it's I didn't really fancy the full go out there to drive a tractor you can do it at home sort of full idea <laughs> so no we myself and another friend were out from like November through to February uh, and basically that was like our holidays for the year it was like an extended holiday for the year like we never I think we'd done one day's work we never had a visa to work we'd done one day's work for our, for our things as such off our and we just basically toured about. We probably seen more of New Zealand in that small time than what people see in the six months that they go. And no, I, I thoroughly thought it was great. I thought it was uh, great. I probably, I've never actually travelled with SAYFC, which is probably next to my bucket list as far as, I went to uh, Yorkshire once, just a short haul study tour, but apart from that, um, uh, the next big agri tours, hopefully, I'll be applying for I would hope. Yeah, I, I was thinking this. Year, I don't think it will be this year because, well, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually on Saturday. I'm flying to states. Right, um, as part yeah, of that. Nah, nah, nah <laughs> no more work. <laughs> and then I'm back for four days. I fly to Shetland, and then the day I come back from Shetland, I fly to Exeter the next day. Yes. Um, and then Brazil in March, and then I'll start in a field. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I probably don't need to be chasing SEYFC in fairness there. But um no, good stuff, mate. It's good to chat and uh hope you've enjoyed being on yourself. No, <laughs> smashing, thanks very much, Wallace. That's tremendous, tremendous. Not good. And uh, uh, um for those of you listening, that's been that's been Jack Young. If you're in Scotland and you're interested in young farmers, maybe you're 13, 14, 15 and looking for something to do. Uh, if you'd asked me at 13, 14, 15, probably up to 24. I would have said Young Farmers was rubbish and I, I honestly did because I just didn't get it. It didn't click with me. There was two boys in my class, David Smith and Craig Hamilton. I'm sure you know them very well, Jack. Um, 
and they they were just young farmers through and through and we were very much more uni through and through and uh, I was just like, what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I, think, I think it depends what you're brought up with, but uh, you're, you're, I think you're getting converted now, Wallace. Well, that's, that's, it's kind of where I was going. Like, I mean, now I, I, I completely mean the opposite. I, I don't think I regret doing it the way I did, but... Um, no, yeah. you're never too old. Listen to me. Until yeah. you're 30. I was going to say, once you're 30, you're too old. That's <laughs> uh, literally how it works. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, thanks, thanks for coming on, Jack. Uh, I hope you've all enjoyed listening. And yeah, next episode coming up. So big one, number 150. Quite an interesting fact. Uh, David Mitchell's episode, which was two ago, number one for Nope. Three ago, number one four six, um, actually marked the day that I had released the same amount of podcasts in twenty twenty three that I had before twenty twenty three, and this is a three year old podcast, so it's fairly ramping up. I'm currently in talks, maybe by the time this is released, uh, for sponsorship on the All In series, and once we've got that going, I think I might be jumping up to ten episodes a month. So, um, I'm just a bit of a maniac. We'll see how far we can go without reaching burnout. Have a bit of fun and maybe next year I'll be chasing Joe Rogan with the amount of numbers we're recently releasing. Um, not views, releasing. <laughs> uh, yeah, next episode with Rose Davis um, filmed with Rose in Australia. An interesting story about someone that says, oh, I don't really think I'm that dedicated to my sport and literally doesn't know anything apart from running. <laughs> so really, really good discussion. Um, a really good discussion there, just like we've had today. So we'll see you then for number, uh, well, our two cast number 150. Cheers for listening. I hope you've enjoyed another excellent episode of the R2 cast as much as I have. And I would just like to quickly thank our primary sponsors of the show today, Howden Rural, the new name for A-Plan Rural. If you follow Howden Rural on social media, you'll see the plethora of work that they do to support this sector. And it's been a pleasure to work alongside them so far and long may it continue. For more information about them, be sure to check out howdeninsurance.co.uk forward slash rural. And I'll see you for the next episode.